The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today is the 4th of April, if you can believe that, 2018. Um, we, we usually do the, the, the things where we stand up, take a deep breath through the nose, out through the mouth. I am a winner, I am a champion, and I am unstoppable. We've gotten into this more and more and more. Right now, that's what you got to remember for today and every day as you keep going on towards your dream. Keep running towards the light, as they say. That is very important. Also, go out to uh, FiorelloBarbellCo.com, uh, Winners and Champions, Inc. That is the premier product we got out there. There's 14 modules that will take you through pullovers, uh, any type of squat, stone lifting, sandbag lifting, Dips, all these forgotten movements that have massive return. There's enough material out there for you to go at least a year's time, if not longer. Everything that we put out there is done at the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. Go out and look at it, purchase it, and as I said, I am working with people for free till the end of the month because I want to help anybody out that wants to get rolling with some type of physical culture program. Remember, small steps equal big gains. Also, our Prosperity Conscious page. Go out there. That obviously is a donation page. Well, when you've got 830-plus podcasts out there for free, because most people charge, we don't, because we want people to come in here, donate to the company, buy our products, and if you listen to those podcasts, there's gems in everything. Everybody that's associated with this show knows what they're doing or they wouldn't be on here. And they love giving their time and they give so much to everyone. So when we ask for a 25 a 50 or a $100 donation, you're getting something free with each donation. It goes right out to my PayPal account. It's a piece of cake to do. So please donate because it's a lot of money to run this show and I'm in and out of here with work. So there's no lack of working my butt off to get where we want to go, and we will get there. So I thank you in advance for anything. Also, go out to motivationandmuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Um, I will bring this gentleman in. We have Scott York coming in with us for the first time that we're going to be welcoming now to the uh, M&M family, and you're going to get a great dose of information, I'm sure, from Scott. But in the meantime, go out and listen to all those shows. Sign up for a free no- newsletter on MotivationMuscle.com. That goes right out to my MailChimp account. Um, and anytime I put out information, it will be sent right to your mailbox. Also, too, don't forget about our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company. Real men, real strength, real power. The manly men's movement is huge. That's out on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Go in there. 
and put something on a discussion board. Video. We are out to get men back to the way they were at one time. That means physical, mental, spiritual, and the rest we'll talk about at another time. Advertising on M&M is gigantic. Um, I am rewording a lot of it now, um, and that will be up within the day or two. And obviously one of the biggest announcements we have right now is now our connection, and we are back with Earth Pulse. Now, if you recall, and we're going to put the shows up, Paul Becker, the owner of Earth Pulse, has been on here a couple times also with Eric Gutman. And we've sold, in the past, a number of the V... Well, right now, they're up to the 5.2 Sleep on Command and the V5.2 Pro. These things are one of the most incredible units that you could ever put in. You talk about recovery, strength. Paul's got all the science out there. He is the inventor of it. Your animals, big with equine. But now the big announcement is go out. You can go to FiorelloBarbellCo.com or MotivationMuscle.com. You'll see me on the very top of each page where I'm inclining a pair of 150-pound dumbbells in each hand on a 2-inch handle. Click that. That will link you right to Earth Pulse. But you've got to go out and check out their brand-new e-stim machine. By far, as Paul said, it's the world's most powerful stim unit. Um, it features a 9.6 hertz square wave, four pads, and an AC-DC setting. Um, I was just telling Scott what I did with it Sunday before I went out and just like blew every record out of the water with the mashing middies. I'm going to do it again tomorrow morning. We'll see what kind of success we have with that. There's nothing like strength and power. Now, the next thing, quickly, I'm going to read, and it's by our pal Steve Jack in Milo, Volume 2, Number 2, July 1994. It's called The Choice. There's something about a stone, something intrinsically alluring. I've never been able to walk past a stone without trying to lift it or see how far I could throw it for at least for at least silently ponder such efforts if actually attempting them would seriously jeopardize others' perception of my stability. I do, by the way, realize that the more sound members of society have little difficulty driving past or transversing around such challenges. Pity. I see the stone as a challenge, obvious enough, yet I view it in a different light than even the barbell. The barbell is designed to be lifted. The diameter of the bar, the knurled grip, the aerodynamic design of the plates, all these features lend themselves to one ultimate purpose, to be lifted. Certainly when one throws enough 25 kilo plates on the bar, all this design crap flies out the window. And I still feel as if I've accomplished something just deadlifting the type of poundage that Mr. Taranenko rams overhead. No, I'm in no way saying that lifting barbells is easy. The distinction I'd make is that barbells are heavy while stones are defiant. To the prospective lifter, a stone seems to say, I'm not here to be lifted. You have gyms and such to satisfy that need. Now, if you still care to proceed, then be ready to pay. What's, what more, what's more, should you be blessed enough to triumph over the stone, the only adulation you're likely to receive will come from the local squirrels and millipedes, for most big stones are still resting obscurely in nature, right where God put them. Ultimately, 
A man is challenged and bettered by facing any task that exceeds his current abilities. Some choose big stones. Others drive past or transverse around such challenges. Pity. I'll tell you right now. Steve, we've had on multiple times. He is absolutely incredible. And one last thing out of Think and Grow Rich. Every powerful man has himself within his own power. With that in mind, we are going to give you a little information on Scott. Let me um, get right to here. Number one, this is an introduction show, and we will get right to him. Um, He's a father of four and married. He's a strength coach. He has certifications in the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Um, He has also, too... um, Sports sciences, I missed the word. Um, and he's also uh, CPR certified. He is a competitive bodybuilder and writer. Um, Scott, welcome to the family and welcome to the show, my friend. I'm here. I'm pumped <laughs> with an awesome intro. Thank you, Eric, for having me. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, and we are looking forward to not only now having you in the family and where the future lies with that. Any websites, uh, anything I missed, uh, you can put it out, and we will start introducing you to everybody. Awesome. I appreciate that. My main website is scottyorkfitness.com. Everything else is right there. All right. Um, this, this, I, I'll tell you right now, Scott. Scott and I talk just for the benefit of everybody. I always try. Well, we always do. We don't try here. We get a hold of anybody new, obviously, and discuss the points and make sure it's a good fit. And we've we're we have a perfect record and that's great and and we do with the introduction you know i'm going to ask you the first basic question i usually tell everybody before we even welcome on to the show welcome them on to the show number one what got you interested in in the whole genre you're doing but obviously we know very early on in life you know i started when i was 10 i told scott you know my brother Jimmy had muscular dystrophy, was wheelchair-bound, and obviously being a kid, being afraid of it, no matter what you're told by your parents, I saw that comic book called The Incredible Hulk uh-huh. changed my life. I'm looking at Jimmy the Hulk and another big picture of the Hulk. They stand right in front of my uh, computer. So what got you fired into physical culture? Okay, well, great question. It has to be uh, a guy named Ivan Putsky. Oh, yeah. Okay, so watching wrestling, I was uh, amazed at the size of his arms. I had an older brother, and uh, he picked on me, and so I feel like I needed to do something. And uh, when I made the connection between weight training after seeing Ivan Putsky's arms, uh, I just started throwing around uh, you know, barbells and dumbbells in the high school gym. And yep. then, like you... I discovered Lou Ferrigno, The Incredible Hulk, the show with Bill Bixby in the 70s, and that took it to another level. Um, the defining moment, other than you know recreational lifting with the football team in high school, Eric, you probably remember, you sure. go from one station to the next on the Universal gym machine, your coach has a whistle, there's really no rhyme or reason to that training. So that was pretty much, um, you know, my my younger life. Mm-hmm. At age 21, here came the defining moment. I'm at Baylor University in Waco, and I'm sitting in a huge journalism class, and I had not been working out regularly since high school. Football was over. 
I was uh, having my share of junk food, and you know I was in college with a, a full full schedule. All of a sudden, I had a panic attack sitting in that classroom, and I had never had a panic attack before, so I, I was freaking out. Once I um, once I came to, and and my heart started to slow down a little bit and I was okay, I realized that I needed to have some sort of exercise. So I was in the grocery store within a day or two, and I saw Muscle and Fitness, Bob mm-hmm. Harris on the cover. And uh, I bought that, read it from cover to cover, and then I joined Gold's Gym there in Waco um, within a week or so of having that panic attack. And uh, I never had another one after that. So I've been hooked since then, 1985 in Waco. Yeah, I mean... You know, one thing, Scott, is this, and we repeat it over and over again, and I'll send it to you momentarily. You know, you've done, obviously, a multitude of things uh, in physical culture, and I like to just keep it to those two words because it just makes it easier to, to for people. And the same with me, and the stuff I'm embarking on and getting back to Iceland and everywhere else. Um mm-hmm. But the bottom line is here, no matter what we like to do, if you don't have that word health, and this is where people, I think, go awry with everything. You know, okay, everyone wants to be the strongest. Everyone wants to live. Not, not everybody, but the majority of people we're affiliated with. You know, you want to have the best grip and, right. and be able to lift the biggest stone to your shoulder. Well, course, okay, yeah. all right. But here's the deal, and this is what I'll send right to you. What are we if we don't have health? Right. I mean... If your health goes south, I don't care who you are. Now, you had that panic attack. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about frightening, all right? Mm, what yes. do I do? How do I dig myself out of this? Well, right. let's, let's get back to basics right here. It is the idea of getting in shape. Now, I say this all the time. I'm not asking people to go out and lift a 418-pound stone and walk at 50 meters. That's not the point of this show. Mm-hmm. The, one of the biggest points, well, a couple of them among many, is this. We want to promote health, okay? And I know a lot of people are saying, well, you're talking about this, that, and the other thing. Well, this is because our health is good, and this is because these are our goals. And what we want to do is not only inspire, but put you in a position where, you know what, now you're thinking logically about things. All right, well, what do I have to do? Do I have to go find a good good strength coach i would say if you've been out of it for a while or you never have done it i would definitely go find one if not go out and research some gyms ask around go out on the internet see if there's somewhere that fits or suits your needs because Mm -hmm. the first step you take is going to be your most important step and we know from past experiences both of us i'm sure that we talked about this offline the other day there are not, in my opinion, a lot of good strength coach slash, slash trainers out there. They follow the same bill, the same thing, and let's face it, not everybody is set up to go through a whole series of machines or barbell training. Sometimes all it takes is let's start squatting if you're set up for it. But go ahead, mm-hmm. comment on any of that. Well, I have to tell you a story um, real quickly on yeah. just physical culture. I think you're going to really appreciate this and your listeners as well. Um, I'm outside walking the dog the other day, and my neighbor across the street says, Hey, how you doing? And um, we're, we're just general acquaintances. And so um, 
he's talking about my dog, a German Shepherd, and one thing leads to another, and then we start talking about weight training. Yep. Turns out this gentleman who's in his 60s, he's originally from Southern California, he lives here in Texas. They've sold their house that they've been in for 22 years. He says, how would you like some free weights? Oh, We're wow. moving, and I need to get rid of them, and you can have them for free. And so, of course, you know, I've got a pretty good gym set up, and I'm pretty good, you know, with what I have. So at this point, I'm like, okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, I'd love to take a look at it. Thank you for offering. So here's what he has. B-F-C-O. Are you familiar with BFCO? No, I'm not. I've never even heard okay. of him, Scott. All right. Well, you're gonna you're going to. So he's got 280 pounds okay. of free weights. These are Olympic weight plates, and on the on the stamp it says B as in Bell, mm-hmm. F as in Foundry, and CO for company. Love it. That is Bell Foundry Company. That is the company that made the Zuver yep. plates in Southern California. That is the company that made tons of um, individual plates, you know, who had their plates made by BFCO. Awesome. These are the plates that Bill Peanuts West had, not the exact plates, but this brand of plate had in his garage gym. Bill nice. West and yep. his garage gang. Yep. And so this was a huge find, and I know that you can appreciate oh, this. Oh, yeah. Because nobody else I know knows what I'm talking about. Yep. And uh, these things are amazing. So I just wanted to comment on how much I love physical culture, the history of it. And, uh, you know, I can go on and on and on about how it has uh, impacted my life and through me, how I try to impact others in the same way. Getting to your point about yeah. people just getting out there and taking that first step, you're absolutely right. Napoleon Hill, the author of Think and Grow Rich, he says, surround yourself mm-hmm. with, with like-minded people, whether they're millionaires or whether they're people who are interested in health. Joe Vitale, that's what he has done, um, not only in his business world, but also in his fitness quest. He's got me, he's got Bill Phillips, and yep. then he's got you, and then he's got... You know, um, who, who's the guy in, in the family that does the uh, nail bending? Oh, that's da- David Whitley's in with him. So he's got yep. David Whitley as well. So yep. that, I would agree 100%. Take that first step, find the support, and uh, surround yourself with like-minded people who are passionate. This is not a weak passion. This is a lifelong passion. Oh, yeah, and you know what? It doesn't matter how, how many obstacles you hit and how many brick walls you smash into. Um, I was listening to uh, Norman Vincent Peale yesterday, and Mm -hmm. that's people, anybody, you know, who really, really wants to hear some stuff should go out and check them out. Of course, I'll tell you right away, if you don't like President Trump, his that was the church where he and his family grew up basically listening. I mean, you talk about, Norman Vincent Peale, you were exposed to every weekend, all right? Uh-huh. Um, it, it is very, very special, let me tell you. And you go out and mm-hmm. listen to him, and, you know, basically his whole philosophy as a man, we're going to leave it to that, is if you're not engaging and getting hit over the head with something and not engaging back, you're not alive. And, you know, most people can't wrap their arms around it. And the only way, in my opinion, you're ever going to be able to do that 
is you're going to have to take something that is going to stretch you to the point where you feel like you're going to snap, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone through five years of this, all right, almost. Um, You know, sometimes you are circulating cash. Other times you're scraping for your last penny to make the bills. Why? Because that is all the process of what you're doing here. Now, as I was saying to Scott in the beginning, you should never make yourself where you're not prosperity conscious. Um, You know, poverty is a sickness. If you listen to anybody this morning, um, I'm trying to think, who was I? I was listening to Bob Proctor, Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely incredible. Now, I tell people this. You need to open your days up with whether you're reading something that is very inspirational or you're listening. Even if you're listening to something for 15 minutes, start your day off right. As I said, I've got index cards everywhere. And it's got one, it usually has no more than four verses that potentially I'll say for 21 days where I want to plant the seed in my subconscious mind and water it and make it grow. These are the ways that you're going to find what your abilities are, what your passions are, where you want to go with it, and it does work. And when you listen to these people, you know, Bob Proctor, I don't believe he even graduated out of high school, all right? Mm -hmm. And here he is going in, finding Think and Grow Rich. He's still got the original book with him. He said he reads it over and over and over. And every time he does... He gets another big gold nugget out of it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I believe it, too, because I've got the one from college, and believe me, the whole binding snapped. It's taped. There's pages Mm -hmm. all over (laughs) it. And I'll tell you this, Scott, I won't get rid of it because it means too much to me. Now, as in like with what we're doing with strength coaches, with writers, with our beliefs, with what we want to do, we're the ones basically that have decided to go out on that ledge because there's something that we love that much to do and we felt that we could complete so many things and then we took that process and turned it into the thinking and education process as I call it. And what we do with people, and I can't speak for Scott, but I'll get I'll send this right to him. I'll talk about here. Yes, the physical end. We talk about everything comes from the inners, okay, Mm -hmm. to build to the outside. It's not the other way around, which is the way most people live. But what I want to say is this. I call it strength resolve here, and what I do is I put tentacles. It looks like a a big octopus, and it goes out. It could go out to anything, your will, uh, your commitment, et cetera, et cetera. It's different at all times the way I do it. Now, Is physicality the way? Yes, because the physical end, to me, starts the motor rolling. But Mm -hmm. what I teach here more than anything is we've got to get the mental scheme of everything right now. Is this going to happen in 90 days? No, it's a lifetime. Mm -hmm. But there's too many people out there that, and and I see it with friends of mine that train, and I, I know a lot of guys that are, quote, trainers. They don't really dive into the mental end of it. And you can only go so far physically with somebody before something will happen. And by that I mean you have, you know, I don't like using the word failure at all. I say you have multiple setbacks. Or, you know, well, that, that movement bothers me, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, and that's the at the point where the mental end has to start being addressed. When you can get somebody mentally 
correct, the rest is going to start flowing. But it takes a lifetime to do this. And the education that we want to impart on everybody is, yes, you can do it. First and foremost, yes, you can do it. But the commitment and the belief is going to be like nothing you've ever experienced before. Because to get to all these different avenues, you're going to need a multitude of things. But what I like to do is keep something very simple and basic and keep growing from there. Take it away, Scott. No, I agree. I think it's important to start your day off with nourishing positive um, information. And a few of my favorites, I'm sure you've heard of one or all of these. Uh, the first one is Psycho-Cybernetics by yep. Maxwell Maltz. Yep. And so here in Texas, we recently lost um, Augie Garrido. He is a baseball coach. He was at the University of Texas. He's the most winning college baseball coach in history. He's originally from California. He's great friends with Kevin Costner. Yep. And he's won five world championships in the college baseball World. He's a Hall of Fame coach. When Augie Garrido in 1974 in Southern California decided he wanted to be a baseball coach, uh, he took the leap. His family uh, were in shipbuilding. They worked in shipyards, and they said, no, don't do it. We want you to stay within our family business. He said, no, i got to follow my passion. This was in the 70s. And so the first year as a coach somewhere in California, baseball, uh, they didn't win maybe four games out of mm-hmm. you know fifteen or so. So he questioned his choice. And as you talk about Eric, your successes and your challenges in life, you have to stay the path because these little challenges are tests to see how bad you want it. How bad do you want it? How badly do you want to stay the course? So Augie Garrido happened upon the book Psycho-Cybernetics by Mm -hmm. Maxwell Maltz. He read it, and it changed his life. Mm -hmm. And not many people, I don't think, know this story, but it is in Augie Garrido's um, autobiography talking about what I'm talking about right now. Well, the rest speaks for itself. He went on to become the most winning coach in baseball, college baseball, five world championships, and a Hall of Fame. He taught his baseball uh, players everything that he learned from that book. Yep. And, and, and basically, it's about self-image. It's about leading a successful and fulfilling life. And it's about what you can believe you can achieve. Uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that we learn about in um, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, yeah. You know, Cypress, that, that book is incredible. I don't know how many times I've read it. In fact, I think I've got it even on DVD um, when Matt Fury ended up buying right. all buying that. And, mm-hmm. Right. And Matt's been on here too. Um, awesome. You know, but one thing that always sticks in my head about it, like you said with self-image, when he talks about when he did plastic surgery to people and said, how do you how do you feel right now? And they'll, And they said back to him, I still feel ugly. Uh-huh. So, you know, folks, um, what as we say, you know, what you think about most, you attract. And mm-hmm. it's the same way with everything. Look, we all have bad days. You know, I've had a multitude of bad days at times where it's almost you have a self-hating image at that point because when everything's on fire and you don't seem to be getting any resolve to anything – 
you do begin to question yourself, but that is when you've got to suck it up and be the strongest you can ever be because, as Scott said, you are being tested. How bad Mm. do you want it? How far will you go? I mean, look, my whole life, I've always had a ton of currency in in my pocket. And you hear me say that word because currency circulates. See, those are the things you got to learn. You don't say lack. You don't say I don't have this. Those are the words that will just keep attracting more of it. You right. use words like circulation, all right? Or if you can't get it today, you said, well, what I have circulating right now is for something else. See, you're never laying the mitt on yourself where you're saying, I don't have it, I can't get it, I have lack. When you keep thinking like that, as we said, you have created a poverty-conscious mind. Now, it it doesn't only go towards money. It goes towards what we're talking about here, strength coaching. If you walk in with a deficit with everything, um, yeah, a good coach can get you to that point, but I don't know many coaches unless – they are looking for a ton of green and getting it from you that are really going to stay with you because, you know something, life is about responsibility. And I know a lot of responsibility is not taught anymore, especially in a lot of schools. It's like it's always someone else's fault. You know, uh-huh. we, you know we know that, you know, you don't have to do it. It doesn't matter. It's the same stuff we're talking about with men with everything. What happened to the male? Smet, we're just going to address America. What happened to him? Well, I'll tell you what happened to him. They were feminized. The young mm-hmm. boys were feminized. Whether And, you know, it's amazing, Scott. You know, I, I've gotten this, and I'll send it right back to you momentarily. You know, now even the MDs are coming out and saying all this soy formula in the 70s really screwed these guys up bad. Uh. Uh, if it didn't, not only did it not only make them feminine, and this is something few people probably don't know, and Dr. Wong and I talk about this a lot, is their genitalia never developed correctly either. Now, people ah. people would be like, oh, it does matter. It matters, folks. It matters. You are a male, and there's certain things we have that females don't, and vice versa. And then, right. and then you know, there are more beta male families because there are a lot of women who either weren't with their men or they decide to have children, and we don't need a man around. Let me tell you something. Male or female, this affects a child forever. All right? So we see what's happened. Then we hear the same barrage that the world is, uh, and, and it's been coming up more and more lately here, you know, um, well, it's the male that's caused all the turmoil. This is why we have this, this, and this. It's all a bunch of bull, literally. Mm-hmm. And... You know, and then we see the other day there was a thing Dr. Wong put out, and I put it, and it talks about boys, you know, compared to, like, Vikings and Spartans of old. Mm-hmm. And now the, the, the young male um, in college, and I'm sure below that, but we'll just address what it said. And I did I did a, a killer podcast for that because it incensed me to the point where I was like, I'm not even going to bother getting on with anybody else the show is called survival <laughs> survival okay uh-huh. and when they talk about young men needing safe spaces needing corners needing puppies and play-doh that just draws the line for me because what the hell has happened to you guys i mean and you know the more you dumb down everything and the softer you make men 
I mean, who is going to defend if it comes down to that? You see in the military, and I'll go right to you after this, Scott. I mean, Dr. Wong put out another classic. The military now has become so weak with the with the young men entering there, they don't have the strength to throw a hand grenade. And I said like this, and I made this out of jest, but I did mean it. I said, have them throw their iPhone. And, 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 and you, okay, all right, and then and then this is the whole point of the thing. We, you know, I'm sure Scott sees it. I see it a lot. You know, I'm yep. telling you right now, 25 years old. We've got stats. We've talked to Dr. Wong and other people. Do you know that a lot of these guys between the 25 and 35 age group, or or at 25, they're already having. Um, problems with uh not only the bedroom everything else they are starting to go through male menopause that most men don't start hitting till maybe late 40s into their 50s that's if they're in good shape which to me is disgusting all right um absolutely um you as i said in the beginning I don't care what you lift. You are a value to everyone. You're always welcome here. But my God, man, let's 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 get with it. Go ahead, Scott. Take it. I could go on forever. I could go on forever. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I work with a lot of uh, athletes, and uh, the majority of them are young men, and as young as 13 years old, all the way up to 19. And going off to college, and uh, what I found is that this group, they are hungry for accountability, and they are hungry for discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they may not get it at home, or they may not get enough of it, because let's face it, times are busier now with all the distractions, whether, whether they're necessary distractions or not, but the distractions are there, whether it's a beeping alarm clock or a microwave going off or your iPhone ringing or whatever it is. So there may be a void, you know, that, that is really needing to be filled. Uh, I'm seeing it firsthand on my end with this younger, you know, 13 and up group. Yeah. And they have responded amazingly, the majority of them. I've had one kid quit my strength program just because he basically said, I don't want to waste your time and I'm sorry and uh, this is not the time for me to do this. And I appreciated this young man saying that because he knows himself pretty well. Mm -hmm. He knows that if he continues to come here, he's going to be held accountable and uh, he's going to continue down the discipline path and he just doesn't want that right now. That's fine. Good luck. Maybe you'll come across somebody else in your life that can, you know, take you under and mentor you and, and help you to become the best version of yourself. But it is an exciting time in my world because I am having an awesome time developing this, these young men as athletes, as individuals, holding them accountable and teaching them about self-discipline. And it's all through lifting weights. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think what you do, like all of us, I just think it's one of the most gratifying things you can ever do, to teach, to be a good teacher, to put young men and young women out there that are not only responsible and accountable, but they're out there spreading physical culture. And this is right. what we need to do. I think, and one of the reasons Motivation Muscle came about was, there are too many genres of just like little specified things. What we are doing here is we are putting everything together. 
We are mm-hmm. not saying, okay, all you do is kettlebells. That is no way. Or mm-hmm. CrossFit or mm-hmm. stone lifting. What we've done now, what I feel I've done and we've got more work to do is, and people say that, how did you get all these people connected together in one show? That's the thing. Let's not put and leave holes in things where people are scratching their head and saying, well, I read this. What do I do? Well, chances are we've had somebody on that is with something you want. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's really important. Let me ask you this. And I'm going to ask you what you like, obviously. But, and you can tell me with your clients. And I'm going to, I'm going to skim it right down to one movement. I know it can be more. What do you feel when you started? Where you are today, what what is the movement you feel has the best bang for a buck for the buck in any lifters program? Starting middle of the road, elite. What do you like? Barbell squat. No there doubt. you go, brother. I knew it. There's yep. a there's a difference. Um, deadlifts are great. That would be number two. Yep. But with the barbell squat, once your weight starts becoming more and more challenging, you have that weight on your back, and that's a a lot lot like life and the challenges that are presented to us you either squat it you know or you're going to have a scary moment where you got to drop it and hope that it doesn't you know hit you or somebody else yeah so without a doubt i think for us as we get older the barbell squat for me still reigns supreme because i do believe there is a direct correlation between testosterone growth hormone production and a steady diet of heavy squats so my answer is barbell squats. You know, man, I, I don't know. I, we, we, we got an awful lot in common here. Um, <laughs> not only do I believe barbell squats, but if you read a lot of the old articles by Bob Hoffman folks yes. who don't know, owner of York Barbell, it was really the only time we were elite in Olympic lifting when we had him uh, basically bankrolling the whole thing. It's, it's, a, it's a travesty, too, to think the United States – will not even involve itself, I mean, but that's another show. But here's yeah. here's something I read, and I use them quite a bit. Um, Bob Hoffman wrote many of books, and he wrote a great pamphlet all about the Iron Boots. Uh, we've talked mm-hmm. about Iron Boots quite a bit on the show at Roger LaPointe. Um, uh, just one of the most magnificent tools you could ever use. And obviously Grimmick was huge with him. I believe Grimmick used 100 pounds. Uh, and I'll give you a description for anybody that doesn't know. These are iron boots. They used to call them sandals. I believe they probably came out in the 30s because I have a pair. And mm. obviously people were much smaller back then. I don't think... The size of them was any more than maybe a size 7. I have the biggest mm-hmm. ones. Later on, they were bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, you strap your foot in the boot, and you obviously tighten them around, whatever you're wearing, sneaker, lifting shoe, and they are weighted. And if you start to get very good with them, you put a one-inch bar through them, and you can put plates on each side and lock them down with collars. Now, this is where it's all going here. Bob Hoffman said something, and when, obviously, when uh, Scott spoke about the squats, Hoffman said, especially with all the research they did with boxers and Babe Ruth and a lot of these elite athletes back in the day, was Mm -hmm. once the legs go and they are the first thing to go on a male, you're done. Mm -hmm. That's, That's why we saw so many of these athletes retire in their 30s even, way probably, maybe they're coming to the cusp of their prime, 
but that was one of the biggest things with Babe Ruth, uh, Jack Dempsey, uh, elites like that, was what happened to them. Their legs started to give out on them, meaning they kind of, um, they kind of let them down in some ways. Now, that's why he created the iron boots. Um, and I can tell you this, just doing hamstring stuff, you can mm-hmm. do anything for your hips. Or, I mean, it's a full book. Um, it's incredible stuff. I like to do that sometimes on days when I'm doing explosive dead start middies. Uh, mm-hmm. um, or I'm doing stuff, obviously, with the erectors. I, I'll hit them together with that. But it's, it's, it's a direction that this... If your legs go on you, your lifting's going with it. I'm telling you right now. So never, ever think that, well, you know, I've done this, that, and the other thing. I don't need to work my legs as hard. This is my prescription for you. Work your legs even harder as you get older. Because not only, like Scott said, the growth hormone, the testosterone, but you know something that it truly is? Life is a weight. It's like a big stone on you sometimes. What better way to be able to withstand it than stick something heavy right on your traps, do an Olympic squat or a power squat, whatever you want to do. And as um, I'm trying to think, um, Sean Burke, he says, every time he sends you a note, lift the world. Take it away, Scott. (laughs) Yeah, well, it sounds like we're on the same page with that. Um, we were talking about books, and yeah. I mentioned Psycho-Cybernetics. I have a couple of others that I want to mention real quickly. One is called Peak Performance by Charles Garfield, Ph.D. Yep. Uh, Charles Garfield dedicated this book to Bill Pearl. Yeah. One of his one of his great friends, yep. and so that's enough for me, you know, yep. to know that that's going to be a great book. Um, I give that book out to each of my young men, my nice. clients. Yeah, because at that age. You know, chances are 13, 16, 18, they have not been exposed to any sort of talk, you know, that you and I, Eric, are talking about, um, you know, thinking along those lines, success thinking, self-image, confidence, self-esteem. And so that's a great book also. I'm not going to go into it. Peak Performance by Charles Garfield. I highly recommend that. Lastly, and this was a book that Joe Vitale turned me on to, um, Mental Toughness Secrets for the World Class. I'm probably butchering the title. <laughs> the, the author is Steve Sebold, S-I-E-B-O-L-D. That book uh, I gave to Lee Priest, who is a professional bodybuilder. Yep. And uh, Lee just ate that up on our flight to Brazil back in 2007, where Lee and I were going down to do some bodybuilding-related things. Mm -hmm. And so that is a book that you could keep on your desk, on your kitchen counter. Each page is an easy read, and it's filled with some sort of inspirational mental toughness tip. So just to to close that loop, those are my three favorite books on the topic of – you know, mental toughness. And, of course, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. That's a given. Yeah, and, you know, maybe some of those books are even out on audio for kids that maybe don't have the cash to right. do it. And I would go out and check them out because, you know, it never hurts. Let me tell you, besides reading Think and Grow Rich at least a chapter every day, um, depending on what's going on, and a lot of times I can't have things running, obviously, when I'm putting together a podcast or anything like that. Because it chews up 
so much space uh, storage-wise, you know, because you have something streaming, and I can't take that chance because I can really get messed up with everything. But if I'm doing other things, even if it slows it down a little bit, say I'm doing a blog post, you're always going to have something running in the background. It could be Bob Proctor. It could be Catherine Ponder. It could mm-hmm. be Napoleon Hill. It could be Andrew Carnegie, et cetera, et cetera. All right? Now, this is why I tell everybody what's so important is even though you're not really consciously listening to this, it's just in the background, guess what? You're absorbing it. Yes. And and this is where people don't understand. This is where we have that disconnect. Well, I've got to have it right in my ears because if no, you don't. And you don't need to be sitting there repeating anything because you want me to tell you something? If you listen to something, as I say during the show, Frank Klein, repetition, 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 this stuff is going to be all over you, whether you're reading cards, whether you're reading um books whether you're looking at something on a wall whether you build a poster board you name it you don't have to know every single thing on every single thing the point of the matter is keep flooding your mind with that stuff because i'm going to tell you something right now i've never been a big tv watcher to begin with other than i love cartoons still because i'm still a kid you know that that's what I hear from everybody. You what? Uh-huh. Or or if I'm watching, you know, Rocky movies. Didn't you watch that 150 times before? Right. Yep. And right. I will and I will till they shove me into the ground. There you how, go. How come Stick you're with what you like? Exactly. How come you're watching Outlaw Josie Wales for the 900 hundred yeah. time? I love it. All right, John Wayne. You name it. Okay. Yep. Or you know, I love I love this book more than anything. Um, what it takes to be number one. Vince Lombardi on leadership. His son yeah. wrote it. Um, just basic stuff that is so overlooked now, and everybody's looking for the silver bullet to everything. Folks, there's no silver bullet. I don't want to break your heart. You know what the idea you do is? You walk in. Whether you get someone, of a strength physical coach to train you, whether it might, I used to love to talk to you know, everybody always had a big guy or two big guys in the neighborhood, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Scott made the point, the big arms. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. There are guys in my neighborhood, you knew they were all weightlifters, but what made me not afraid to even go up to them, whether they beat me up or not, and they used to do that when we were kids, um, <laughs> they had gigantic arms. Today, I'd look mm-hmm. at them probably think they were nothing. But my yeah. point of the matter is this. They had the ability to inspire you. You didn't even need to open up a book. Because, let's face it, even to today, there's still a stigma about what we like to do with this physical stuff. Um, you know, it's the ego, it's narcissism, all that. Well, you know something? That's not it at all. Um, the ability to exceed what you can be. Um, we talk about... You know, and Dr. Wong and, uh, and another person, I don't have, I didn't get permission for their name to use and I won't do it. You know, when they come out and say, your show is the Perry Raider Iron Man now. I mean, nice. y- you want to talk about, um, the highest compliment you give me and most people know because they just heard the Bill Crawford show and Bill's written for, um, Randall Strassen for years mm-hmm. and Milo. Mm-hmm. Milo folded its tent last month on the 25th anniversary of the of mm. the magazine now 
I know there's other podcasts out there, and I hear it all the time, but I know what I'm told by multiple people. You're the only one in their, in my, in their opinions that is not an infomercial. Whether you want to believe that or not, that's up to you. But you go out and measure our content, I don't know anybody out there that can compete. And if they can, great. But I don't believe that. So this is the whole idea when we talk about intent, when we talk about Scott's three favorite books, when we talk about what we do here at the FBC Stone and Steel Yard, how we're shaping minds, how we welcome people in here. There's too many people out there only concerned with the 600 to 800 pound deadlifters, this, that, and the other thing, you know, the 800 pound benchers. I think it's great. Come on in here. But you know what? If you can only bench press 100 pounds, if you can only deadlift 150 pounds, and if you can only squat 175 pounds, come on in. Come on in. We want you here. There's too much of this stuff, this specificity stuff, where it takes and pushes people out that need our help. That down the road, that person that came in here might end up, for all you know, becoming a world's strongest man. Or, Absolutely. You know what I mean? So never discount anyone. Everyone out there is important. Everyone out there, in my opinion, I say it all the time, you're all genius. You just haven't tapped into it. You've been told your whole life. Well, you don't need to do that, or what if you get hurt, or what if you go down and up in smoke? Well, you know what? It's better than sitting somewhere and being not only unhappy, unhealthy, and, you know, looking at the world that it's nothing more than a pain in the A, all right? Take it, <laughs> take it away, Scott. Well, I love your passion, and uh, where, where do you think we should go next, Eric? Well, I'll tell you what. This is what I, this is one of the big ones, too. Um what do you see? Obviously, you've got some great people with you, uh, the younger kids and all. What do you see, though, in kids now? I mean, you've been very fortunate. I've had some instances where it wasn't so good. Is it society? Is it the lack of parenting? Or, obviously, as we call it, the wussification of everybody. What has happened with a lot of the kids, and I'm, and we can follow that right up through any age group at this point. Where do you stand on that right now, Scott? That's a great question. Uh, I, I think uh, the video games and the devices, you know, uh, competing for our attention are a big part of that. Now, when I was growing up in the '70s and '80s, you know, I'm sure you remember asteroids and defender so we we had the video games too but they were at the arcade and you had to go and you had to earn your money and spend your money on the game and hope that somebody wasn't playing the game you liked so the barrier for the devices is much easier there's no barrier all you need to be able to do is have a charged battery on your iphone or your ipad or plug in your video game console so those things are huge in terms of vying for our attention as a parent of four you know the tendency is that we're so busy as parents paying bills doing our work pursuing our passion that as long as our kids are pacified with the video games you know the tendency can be to leave them be you know as long as their grades are acceptable let them just do that but I think that is a dangerous mindset. So my challenge as a dad is 
I have to make sure that I intervene and get my 15-year-old and say, hey, let's go for a walk. And uh, it takes 20, 25 minutes for us to get outside and walk around. And um, he loves it. He never has, you know, not wanted to do it. So just little things like that to make sure that you are spending one-on-one time with these younger kids. And you don't have to be a parent. You can do it with a neighborhood kid who you see that, you know, may need a little extra mentoring by someone like yourself and do the same type of thing. You know, expose them to your I bet you have a huge library of magazines oh, yeah. like Powerlifting USA or whatever it is you have, you know, yep. the, the, the Milo. Yep. Um, so, you know, my recommendation for us would be to do that. Look for ways to intervene and turn them on to the other areas of life. Growing up, you know, we jumped on our bikes yeah. and we just took off, yep. right? Well. So I don't see that quite as much today. Um And then the other thing, of course, is, uh, you know, the physical culture, just nutrition. I don't think you can change the way they eat, but you can certainly make gentle suggestions, you know, when the time is right. To be effective, you have to be a teacher at heart. It sounds like you have that, Eric. Yep. And um, I've been told that I do as well. No, you do. Yep. Yep. You have to have not only somewhat of an IQ, but you have to have a higher I think even more importantly, an EQ, the emotional quotient, how well you can communicate with people. So if you have the teacher, teacher's heart, if you have a, a high EQ, and if you have the passion you know, for physical culture, then it's just a matter of finding your audience, whether yeah. it's your child, whether it's a neighborhood kid, um, whether you do work you know, with an organization. So get, getting back to what you talked about with tentacles, that's a great example. Mm-hmm. Spread those tentacles around, and that's what we can do to help the younger generation um, you know, continue down the path of physical culture and all the value that's there. I agree. I'll tell you this, too. I, I do believe in the future. If you want to, you will be on stage with us. And I'm not kidding you when I say this. I want 100,000 people out there. And I'm mm-hmm. not kidding you when I say it. But I want to ask you this. Who is your favorite bodybuilder? Well, I better say Lee Priest in case he uh, ever. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, um, how, how about your how about your one-two? A close second would be Arnold, of course. Okay, okay. And then third would have to be, well, third would be a tie between Dorian Yates and Lou yep. Ferrigno. Okay. Um, favorite era of bodybuilding? 70s. Yeah. Um, Dave Draper, Franco Dave Colombo, Draper, the whole Frank thing. Zane, yep. Dave Colombo, yep. absolutely. Tom Platts, you know, yep. in the 80s, but uh, I, I would say the 70s would be my favorite. You know, one thing that was great about bodybuilding, and we even know way before that with Grimmick and many of the others, I mean, for people that don't know, you should go look it up. A lot of these guys used to Olympic lift. They would do that, and then they'd come out for the bodybuilding show where they would pose. Right. Very right. interesting stuff. The one thing, I, I mean, Dorian Yates was kind of the exception to me as bodybuilding went on because of the way he trained. But the one thing I always loved in that era, and go back and watch, Arnold, Sergio Oliva, you name it, Franco Colombo. These guys were really strong. Mm-hmm. You know, they're oh, yes. they're Olympic lifters. If you can recall yes. in your mind, vision it right now. Picture that that shot of 
Franco Colombo getting ready to del- uh, deadlift, where yeah. it looks like the 45s. I don't with the it dog with the dog yeah, right there yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, they go on forever, folks. Those now are those I, deep dish plates. Yep, the big ones, the big 45s, and I don't know. He could have had hundred hey, hundreds those on the might collar. have been. Well, they might have been York, or they might have been Paramount, Probably. or they yep. might have been uh, the B. FCO plates that we were talking about yeah. earlier. Well, I've got a ton of them here. I've, I, uh, a local gym went out here and I bought every deep dish I could find. They had a lot of York plates that were, you know, obviously not deep dish, but I'm always on the lookout for that. Um, where do you, well, let me ask you this. Um, I, we were talking on one of the shows about the early world's strongest man. Um, and we loved it the way it mixed, you know, like a Ken Patera, a yeah. Franco Colombo. It, yeah. it had, um, I can't think big of Louis. Oh, big, yeah. And they were bending the bar and mm-hmm. they were doing wrist roller and all that. Um, I love World's Strongest Man and that's another one that's got kind of a lot of specificity to it. But to be honest with you, the reason why I liked a lot of the earlier ones is because it put you in positions where it didn't matter what type of athlete. Look at Mike Dayton. He's the, well, besides I think Mike Bruce is the only one that hung himself and mm-hmm. it didn't and it didn't break his neck. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that kind of stuff. What's your feeling on that? I mean, we're talking probably seventies, like we talked about with the bodybuilder slash strongman. Um, you know, when we were talking about Bill Pearl, few few people probably know. I mean, Pearl used to rip license plates in half for starters. What, mm. I mean, what is your feeling on those eras? I mean, it's it was a different era, but even WSM, what do you think? Well, um, you know, if, if we were uh, reproduced and came back <laughs> in yeah. this life as something else, I yep. think in my previous life, I would have been one of those guys. Yep. I would have been one of those strong men because I love that era. I loved watching it as well. I can remember counting down the minutes until, you know, World's Strongest Man came on TV and it wasn't often enough. Yep. I think it's making a huge comeback. Yep. And I'm happy to see that, you know, Rogue Fitness obviously does a lot of stuff there. Yep. Uh with that and I know you do too and we talked about Zach Evanish. Yep. And uh, I train that way with my uh, athletes. We do a lot of farmers walks. We do a lot of throws we do a lot of carries and so i love it i'm glad to see it's making its return and i love to see women also jumping in there as well uh here in austin we've got the joe weeder museum okay and uh, it's free to go to if you're ever in the neighborhood let me and joe know we'll take you you over there yeah and uh, i can't remember the gentleman and his wife oh well todd terry yeah yep right is that the name todd todd Terry Todd. Terry Todd. Terry Todd. My yeah. apologies. That's all right. Uh, he and his wife run that museum, and there is everything that you can imagine, uh, you know, in terms of equipment and, and things to read and things to look at on the wall that honor that era, the strongman era. So I love it. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, um, I, you know, that stuff is just absolutely incredible i mean all of it you know and i what i see here um i mean by the way just to make a quick point i don't know if you know jan todd was is the only women woman to ever yes. lift the, the, the dinny stones right. uh, yeah. it's insane so the point of the matter is because we're doing we're 
he's involved in some of the stuff that John McKean and I are doing mm-hmm. with the mashing middies. Um, he was instrumental in some of it back there in the days of Bill March in York. Um, mm-hmm. We are exploring things right now, obviously, when we talk about doing things that either they were at a different era um, and bringing it back. But, we're, you know, we're putting our twist on everything now because, obviously, the best way to do anything is through your testing. And when you mm-hmm. test things, you get very good at things. Whether you're going to use them at that point or not, you, you can always put them away for another day, and you will eventually go to them. But, you know, with all this stuff, with Terry Todd's, with the Bill Marches, with the Dr. Ziegler's, with, you know, Frank Zane, you know, all of them, all the way through, I don't know if it was just the era, because I can remember we were, we were pretty young, and Sergio Oliva came to the gym I went to, and at one time it was brutal. Okay, what was that gym? I got to ask. Was St- that Chicago? No, it was in New York, in Albany. Okay. He came to okay. Steel Pier Athletic Club. It was got called. It. Okay. Now they went under. I bought a ton of their equipment. I got it all mm. out there. Uh, Sergio, I think, was probably two sixty. I think he said um, he wow. still had a heavy accent. You know, Cuban. Mm-hmm. Cuban, yeah. Um, and he apologized. I'll tell you what. The guy was unbelievable. He was mm-hmm. he was ripping chins and stuff off like you wouldn't believe. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, and I'll circle the wagon with all this. Um, we talk about strength, the errors of the athletes, you know, the Sergios, the Arnolds, all of them, Ken Patera, the whole deal. Here's what they had, I think, over everybody is this. They knew how to train. They trained heavy because that was like a prerequisite I think of everything. You know, it's coming off a lot of stuff with Grimmick, Doug Hepburn, Tommy Kono. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you can go down the line. It was a different mindset, a, di- a different mentality. And what I think happened along the way was this. They felt that there were other avenues to go, adding more, and more is not always better. And I think what happened, too, I mean, we know that th- there's just so much drug abuse rampant through so many things. Mm-hmm. Pe- a lot of people just said, hey, you know what? I can't compete at these levels. I'm not going to take these chances. Right. And that's it. To. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to. Now, look, with what Scott's doing right now, I do and so many people. Um you know, they can say whatever they want, like a guy like Bruce Randall. If you don't know who he is, you need to go mm-hmm. look him up. Now, Bruce would bulk up to over 400 pounds. Notice I'm saying the word bulk. I love that word. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. He was in the military, gallons of milk, bread, et cetera, et cetera. He went down to 220. Um, he won, I believe it was Mr. America. It was, or Mr. Un- I don't remember exactly, but, I mean, the guy was phenomenal. Now, you look at his training regimen. And, you know, it was always a heavy deadlift. He was a big believer in doing um, uh, good mornings. He mm-hmm. was a big advocate of that, and he, he moved massive weight. And you talk about a guy. I mean, all right, in today's world, they say he was a fat guy. Well, I'll tell you what. It was like when we talk about Peanuts West and Pat mm-hmm. Casey and all those greats. In today's world, Taylor they, City. oh, my God. And think about it. These guys, mm-hmm. you would see – a guy that would do a steep incline with like 450. And I'm not talking, I'm talking a steep incline where if he dropped that hard, it'd break his throat. All right? right. What I'm saying here is these errors were absolutely incredible. And you need to go out and get a deep appreciation for him. And there's right. a, you know, if you go out to Den- Denzel Bain, 
Bond, you can go out and find so much stuff about people like Doug Hepburn, like, you know, like all these greats that did so much stuff. And you look at their programs and you're like, how the hell did they do this? You go out and look at Anthony DeTillo. Rack, rack, rack. It looks like nothing. All right. Like right. I said, like I said with John McKean's grand, uh, his um, grandson. He's 12 years old. He's doubled his bench press doing this rack work we're doing right now. Wow. The, look, the proof is in the pudding. Look, Scott, mm-hmm. comment on anything. Um, I think, too, I want to know one other thing is this. All right, obviously you're a fan of, of strength training, and obviously we know bodybuilding is much different than you were in it when you competed in it and all that. And we know, I know a lot of people don't like CrossFit. The only thing I can appreciate about it is it did bring the barbell, quote-unquote, back in, whether it was the Olympic lifting, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I like about it, and I'll leave it at that because one thing that really irritated me when we talk about WSM is, you know, they kick it off there, kick it off ESPN, which I don't watch anyways, because they're saying every one of them was drugging. So CBS Entertainment or Sports takes it over. It's very hard to find it. It's not on a lot, but when it's on, I don't care what time of night it is, I watch it, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a joke. Then, what, a year or two after, how many of the uh, CrossFit athletes were busted for steroids? So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't care. But the point of the matter is, you know, we've talked about how much you uh, admire strength um, and doing a lot of the strongman events with your uh, clients Mm-hmm. And we know bodybuilding right now. I, I'm not a fan of it anymore. I, I, I I'll be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. because you know I see what's happened with it. Um, where do you see all this going? Um, do you, I, I'll just tell you quick, and then I'll, I'll hand it right to you. I see what's going on in Scotland with the Denny Stones. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, they had the biggest amount of participants in over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. I see what's happening with Charlie Oliphant and the Ard Blair Stones and the younger and younger kids. They have such small Atlas Stones. If they can't put it on the barrel, they put an X on it and they touch it. What a great thing for a kid. So we're mm-hmm. starting to see this explosion of all this stuff. In your opinion, you've been around a while. You've seen a lot of great things, been involved in great things. Where are we going, you think, right now? Let's just say the next year. Where do you see it? Yeah. Well, I will wrap up my opinion by saying I agree with you. I don't follow bodybuilding, competitive bodybuilding anymore either. I don't like the direction it's going. I think it's dying, to be honest with you. Yep. Um, I think we lost a great publisher, uh, Kent Bob Kennedy of Muscle Mag, and yep. that was a huge loss to the industry. Arnold, obviously, has got one foot out the door in terms of compet. He still has his Arnold. Yeah. You know, but that, that's more known now, it seems, for other things than bodybuilding. It's more known for the strongmen. Yeah, it is. Stuff. It's, it's more known for, you know, the fitness bikini stuff. So bodybuilding seems to have taken a, a, a back seat to a lot of that. So I, I think uh, over the next course of the year, I think, you know, CrossFit's going to continue to grow, whether we like it or not. Yep. Um, I think that CrossFit has gotten, has an, it has an identity, you know, a very strong identity, which a lot of people can uh, relate to. Yeah. You know, it's, yep. it's athletics. It obviously works. Um, you can get hurt very easily, so you got to be very careful. Um 
there's a lot of money there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the CrossFit games is huge. So I think that's going to continue. I think, and what I'm excited about, and I think you are too, I know you are, is the fact that the strongman stuff, strong women stuff is coming back. Yep. I think your everyday, um, your everyday household wife or stay-at-home dad really identifies with strongman, strongwoman stuff because you lift something, you walk a certain distance, and you're done, and then you can get back to whatever it is you were doing. It's a feeling of satisfaction yep. to lift something heavy, and uh, on a very basic uh, scale, I, I think that that's going to continue to grow over the next year. I think you're going to really see more and more of that. I'm doing my part to expose as many people as I can to it. Now I need to get Joe Vitale involved and see if I can get him doing some of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I've told you, you know, Joe's been on here, and I was telling yeah. Scott he wants to come up from Texas and train Great. here. Hey, I, we'll, we'll explode it. Um, anything? Why don't you give out all your website? Um, sure. Anything else? Uh, let me give out mine. Please hang on the line, and we'll wind today's show up, my friend. Okay. Well, my main website is scottyorkfitness.com. You can uh, learn whatever you'd like to about me there. If you'd like to contact me for any reason, you can do so there. All right. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. As I said, go out to FiorellaBarbellCo.com. Um, Winners and Champions, Inc., that is our premier product. Get on it. I'm telling you right now, I'm giving everybody till the end of the month, we will talk strategy with anything you want to do, whether you buy the product or not. Um, I'm telling you right now, you heard the show today with Scott, and I can tell you, down the road, he and I will definitely be striking the iron right to the anvil. I can tell just by our exchanges, there's an awful lot. As Dr. Joe said to me, there's an awful lot of rabbit holes we can go down, and that is for sure. Also, too, if there's a show you'd like Scott and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at Um iTunes and Stitcher, give us a five-star review. That's what we've got, and we appreciate that. AHA Directory, you can get M&M in your car 24-7. If someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words of inspiration can change your life. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You never know what people are going through. Never. Mm. If you're going to lift it, Bend it, break it, squat it, press it, pull it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And the great Hoosa Steel Stone Crusher here says, Domination and Blood Red, we clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone's. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, who's been listening <laughs> to Eminem from the beginning, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. <laughs> well, there are, and there always will be. Frank Klein, my greatest college professor in business. Repetition, repetition, repetition. Winners never quit. Quitters never win. My dad be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. And John Ridge, my greatest chiropractor ever, and we lost him, obviously, to cancer. He would walk every patient to the door and say, keep smiling. Do that on your best or worst day, or say it all the time. You want to get a mind shift? Keep smiling. 
Be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred or more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Join the family. Join the revolution. Les Brown says you all have greatness in you. We'll take it two steps further. We believe in you and we got your back. And I don't know many people in today's world that would ever put something like that out. Scott, um, what a show. I can't wait to get this up. We should have it up Friday at the latest. Um, there's an awful lot sitting in the pipe right now. Um, we got Scott Shetler coming up today. We've got another singular show with me called Don't Let the Romance Fade. We got Scott's introduction show. And as I say, we just keep rolling, rolling, rolling. So, Scott, thank you very much for your time, my friend, and welcome to the family. Loved it, Eric. Thanks for having me. Anytime, sir. So, for Scott York, this is Eric Fiorello. One last thing. The world is asking something of you. You need to go do it. Be something better than everybody else. And not only that, be an optimist. I'm telling you right now, it's going to work wonders for you. Have a great week, everybody, and we will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.